and welcome to Please Stop, a podcast where three friends engage in a holistic critique of the Christian culture we grew up with through the lens of pop culture and media with humour, honesty and thought-provoking discussion. We are usually three, but tonight we have a guest. Will I get to be a friend? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yay! Yay! Um, all the way from his own podcast, Finding the Line... That didn't work out that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I Get love it. Get in my head. It's good. No, I am from Funny Line. My yeah. name is Ben. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Um, hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, That's ben. right. So, this is our final episode of the season, and it is the season... To be jolly. To be jolly and to get our jollies. <laughs> yes. So, if we're a little bit silly tonight, I apologise. You're welcome. This episode, we decided we would venture into the Christmas Christian films. I personally ventured onto a streaming service that rhymes with... We can just say it. I wanted, I wanted to say something, dicks. Pure dicks. <laughs> I wanted to say pure dicks. Pure dicks. Pure dicks. <laughs> pure dicks. That would be nice. It's called Pure Flicks, and well, the streaming services, and it's Christian Netflix, right? Well, it's Christian something. Yeah. Um, and they really missed out. I read this on Reddit. It's not mine, but I thought it was so funny. They should have called it Cruciflix. Like that's. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> wouldn't that have been great? Oh, Purely. I would have signed up for that. That the whole thing, like it's nuts. So you can't get Pure Flix in the state in Australia. You can only get it, I think, in the states. Yes. So um, we had to use a VPN to check it out. But there's a whole alt reality that you can live in if you wanted to. If you wanted to only consume Christian versions of all the media in the world. You could. They have swashbuckling adventure romps. They have romance. They have aliens. They have CSI-type procedural dramas. They have everything you could possibly want, but it all has a Christian spin. So, I don't know. Is it still art if it has a message? Um, like, if that's the whole point of it rather than the point just being expression. Whatever. We already talked about this one other time. But Pure Flix is nuts. And, um, yeah, check it out if you have a VPN. Just... For the lols. Streams feel good faith and family entertainment that aligns with your values. Well, maybe, well, maybe your values. Yeah. How do they know what my values your are? Your values if you're a white. If you've made it to this website, <laughs> then they are your values. Lady called Karen. Sorry to all the Karens <laughs> out there. Well, we watched this film. Can you tell us the film because two of us cheated? And did <laughs> and not watch. We have not done our homework. <laughs> So, Wish for Christmas is what the film is called, um, and it is the story of a self-centred high school and Anna who wishes her parents faith away when they insist she attends Christmas Eve service instead of the town's winter ball. What follows teaches her the value of faith, friendship, selfless love, and the true meaning of Christmas. I mean, just another generic Christian Christmas movie um, I read a thing that said it was supposed to be like a take on It's a Wonderful Life with um, where the guy wishes he'd never been born and then he sees his life play out without him in it and then discovers that it's all about giving and Christianity and Christmas etc etc um, except that It's a Wonderful Life is actually a good movie 
and Clarence is the best angel. However, this movie was weird. This um, so what happens is this girl Anna wishes that her parents were not Christian, so that they wouldn't have to go to church on Christmas Eve, and she could go to her Christmas ball for school. Um, that she's like on the committee for creating and putting together, but her parents are making her go to this thing instead, and so she wishes their faith away. And so all of a sudden they become well, I thought pretty cool. All of a sudden, the mum's wearing eyeliner and wearing black, and their law firm that they run is all of a sudden making a lot of money, and they seem like super villains. But honestly, so so the the concept is that they lose their faith and suddenly they're evil, but really they just seem like cool parents. I I am actually really intrigued by this universe, and I want there to be further investigation into it. No, like, you think I'm joking, right? But, okay, so the thing is, she feels smothered because her parents are uber, very, whatever, Christians, right? And then she wishes that their faith would disappear, and it happens. What kind of power is at play here? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned back before the podcast on the way it was sort of, like, biblical about the Pharaoh. Yeah, the hardening, hardening Pharaoh's heart. heart. Is that what's happening here? Yeah. Is and, God hardening the parents' hearts? And for, to what end? What are the implications? Is God so bored with their divine existence that they would play with... I don't understand the end game of this, and I know I'm way overanalyzing this. So can I ask a question? In the movie, like, is there a, is it like an alternate reality? No, wish no. Is, and where this it is, actually just plays out? It plays and, out. And this is a shocking end. bit. And at the end, they um, become Christians again, but everything that they had done, and it was shocking. Yeah. Like they have to live with the consequences of it, but there, is no, there was no choice to what they did because God just went, boom, your daughter yeah. wants to go to the winter bowl, you're going to turn... Yeah. Non-Christian. Yes. What do you think a movie like this, because it's obviously a commentary of some sort. It's definitely meant to be a silly Christian film, but it's meant to be a commentary, and that commentary is on what they believe non-Christians to be like. Mm-hmm. How do you think that translates? Non-Christians have better taste than Christians. Yeah. Especially when it comes to fashion. Uh, the girl has to she, – she has a stress that she – she wants to pick out a dress for the winter ball and her mum, when she's non-christian goes dress shopping with her and is like "Ooh, wear this slutty red dress except it's not slutty. it's not it's like a all. nice red dress that you're you know 17 year old will wear to a ball here in perth australia and it's fine um and at the end of the movie she ends up not wearing that dress but wearing like a really chaste pink elegant cinderella ball gown type dress and goes <sighs> It, it was my taste after all. Was it your taste? Was it? Are you I, sure? I did notice something very interesting that in the promotional material for this film, Pure Flix has decided to have her in that red dress, which I think is very interesting. So what I'm getting from this is that it was a very simple storyline. Like there wasn't a whole lot of complexity except that they didn't resolve anything. No. But no, by the end of the movie, she decides not to go to the ball, even though she wanted to. No, she does go to the ball. No, 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 she does. And then she leaves. But then she leaves because she does. Do you know in the typical high school film when they're at the prom and then 
um, the main character does a big speech that nobody, not the whole general class, would even know what they're talking about. Or who is that girl? Yeah, but like you know, like in Mean Girls, when Katie. Is it that movie where she yes, breaks apart the tiara? Yeah, yeah. Every other teen movie that yeah. from. Yeah. So uh, in this one, um, at the end, she realises herself and stands up on the podium talking and then she says, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to church and I would like anyone who would like to come with me to follow. And she actually leaves the ball yeah, and, and walks through the streets do they her? No, they don't follow her at first. She goes by herself, oh, and then she walks into the church and sits down, um, and then and then her family and everyone follows afterwards, and that's it. Can you imagine being that at ball? Just some like rando kid gets up and like, I'm done here. Yeah. I'm going to church. She walks out, and then like five minutes, everyone follows. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we should be at church. <laughs> Including what a her weird reality. rival mean girlfriends who they've had this weird squabble yeah, yeah. dynamic throughout the whole thing. Them apparently leaving the ball that they also spent all three months or whatever. No, it wouldn't have been three months. Whatever, I don't know. Whatever, I don't care. However long. Guy. Oh, there's this. He's <clears throat> a bell ringer, like dressed in a Santa costume. And I didn't know that. You, I, I don't know, but I thought it was a job. I, I don't, I don't know how it works. She puts trash in his little kettle that he's like ringing the bell for, and he yells at her, and then he throws trash at her, and her, her dad puts a hundred dollar bill in there when he's a Christian, and then it just, it's all messed up. And she becomes friends with him and buys him a pizza at the end of the movie, so it's fine, it's fine. He's like literally homeless, and again, you know. Thanks, young white girl, for saving this homeless man by buying him a pizza. <laughs> Anyways, it's just, just like, once again, another film made by Christians, for Christians, completely cognitive dissonance, rampant in this movie, completely unaware of reality, and not even trying to make it seem realistic, because it's not fun, because realism is not a Christmas. In any other Christmas movie, it would would have been the homeless bell ringer that was the one that yes. granted the wish. Yes. See that that would I actually thought that's where they were gonna go didn't. with it. No, because it was God. Because no one else does magic. I have to say, I did like the idea of his character because he was a sarcastic joke, and I liked that. Yeah, I liked when he threw trash at her. Oh no, <laughs> my my favorite moment was um so because she's so clueless, uh, and he's standing there with his back bucket of where you put the money and then she walks past and puts her can of drink that she's throwing in the bin in it and he's like oh wow princess and accuses her and she's like oh whatever and then hours later she returns to walk past and he picks up the can out of his bucket and throws it at her why would he have kept that can (laughs) in the bucket for the three four hours it doesn't make sense Except yeah. to throw it at her. Except to throw it at her. Unless he was secretly the angel that would have been the trope in all the other films mm. that you were speaking about. That would have been cool. I would have been good with that. I also want to talk about Christmas in general and Christian's obsessive need to own the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I 
was going to go into the whole history of Christmas and the Saturnalia festival and and the pagan thing, but that's all been done. We all know that the Christians appropriated Christmas. Kurt Cameron told us about it in his Saving Christmas <laughs> saga. I love you, Kurt Cameron. <laughs> it is a really interesting take that Christians have on capitalising, not capitalising, trying to own Christianity. Like, Do you remember like in 2015 when cause Starbucks in America do a holiday-themed cup every year? For Christmas, and one year I remember getting up and going on Facebook, and I actually thought it was a hoax because everyone seemed to be going off about how um, Starbucks had decided to just do a simple minimalistic red cup, and apparently that was taking away the religious freedom of Christians and added to the whole how we can't say happy holidays and what next. Sharia law. Sharia law, drowning kittens, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> um, so, Ben and Anna, you were pastors in the church. Don't hold it against us. No. What? What do you? What did you find? I guess like we've all been in church. So, like, how did we find church at Christmas? Definitely from my perspective, as far as being a pastor at the time. Like, I loved Christmas. Absolutely yes. adored the whole season. It was just like the biggest thing for me. I loved the vibe. I loved the whole spirit of it, like that idea of humanity, people all coming together. I would be that jerk who said Merry Christmas to everyone in the shops. Uh, I think trying to insert the Christian story into that was like this really great time where you got to be really public about it. As far as doing my job, it felt like that was the one time where it was almost the easiest and I was allowed to do it as far as putting a public message out there for everyone to hear and doing community events that people actually wanted to come to. So it was empowering, I guess, as a church leader in that sense because everything around Christmas, you you get your way a lot um, in the Christian world. So that was always really interesting for me. Christmas is the busy time for churches. (laughs) There's events galore. You have, you know, your Christmas hampers that get given out. You have your carols by candlelights or your... Christmas in the park or your Christmas service, your Christmas Eve service, your Christmas parties, your yeah, your shoeboxes, Christmas in a shoebox, your New Year's Eve parties, like it's all there's all of these events that are organized around that time of year. Working in a church, it actually becomes incredibly hectic because you're having to plan multiple events um, and you're trying to get people to volunteer at multiple events. And you're on a budget, but it's also this expectation from the people within the church that you have those events happening. So it's interesting from that perspective that it can almost become a bit of a chore, I suppose. I think some of my favorite Christmases have been when we haven't attended church on Christmas Day because somehow it felt like Christmas was hijacked because we had to spend a large portion of it at church and now we can wake up on christmas morning with our kids and open gift actually let them play with their gift our kids never used to open gifts until we got back from church now they actually get to experience that you know the wonder of christmas morning and drinking eggnog on christmas eve and just some of those little things those traditions that we can actually have as a family now because as much as the christian church has hijacked christmas 
the Christian church also hijacks, I guess, the experience of Christmas from Christians. And the other thing is we notice more and more and more that the numbers of people actually attending church on Christmas Day were dropping dramatically every year to the point where we were having conversations locally amongst the churches here about just basically taking in turns every year. Because like, there were the hardcore people who really wanted to be there and were going to like burn villages down if you weren't running a church service on Christmas morning. Uh, so we tried to come up with this idea of like, well, rather than all of us doing a butt ton of work and writing five sermons a week for this week period for like Christmas Eve services, and then there's usually a Sunday within two or three days of it as well, like why don't we all just sort of like divvy it up and everyone can go there? Um, but yeah, there is this decline of people showing up on Christmas Day for those as well, which is a trend, I guess. Yeah, I hated going to church on Christmas. We didn't. We didn't go to church on Christmas. I don't think. I can't really, yeah, maybe maybe in India, but I don't really remember going to Christmas to church on Christmas Day. It was always family and presents, which is great. That's a cool part about being, well, in Wyoming, we're interdenominational, so, um, yeah, that's what they called it. Then they, now they call it multi-denominational. So we didn't really have a family church, so we just went to different ones every Sunday, which meant that Wyoming was like our family or just our family was our family. <laughs> yeah, it was just us on Christmas morning, which was awesome. So I had a pretty good childhood Christmas. We always went to church on Christmas Day um, growing up. I wasn't allowed to... So we woke up on Christmas morning and there would be a package at the end of our beds and that would be new clothes to wear to church. And then after church, we would be allowed to open our gifts. Clothes? <laughs> clothes, I'm sorry. Not even fun clothes, like PJs or... No, no, like like new church clothes that we would wear to church. Whether you liked them or not. Whether you liked them or not. Oh, well, that's some part of that was fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and then after that, we would come home and we'd be able to open our gifts once everybody had arrived home. Thing was, like, my oldest brother is 13 years older than me. So when I was six, he was 19. So he was off doing his own thing. So I always had to wait until they were all home before I could open any gifts. You know, I'm not bitter at all. And then we'd have, like, family lunch or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, church always hijacked the Christmas wonder for me. Tying into the whole service with Christmas, I, I think it was an unintentional part of the film to think about is the obsessive need of service. Anna, I felt fairly, although you meant to think she was selfish in the film, I felt that she had to do a lot of things because of her faith. Like at the very beginning when they, they were going to go to Bible study, they were sorry. Her family were holding Bible study, and uh, another lady couldn't come because she'd had a child. And her mother said, "Oh, that's okay. Anna can just babysit." And Anna was, of course, because she's a typical teenager and always on her phone and selfish. And ugh, I have to babysit a child. But why is there that expectation to having to do that? All the time. And, and we've spoken about this before, about how we are either a two or have a wing of a two, um, and that there have been studies to show that Christian women do tend to have 
a two in them from the Enneagram personality test. It really resonated with me that you have to do this stuff all the time. And no wonder she wanted to just go to a goddamn ball on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And what was the problem with letting your kid go? Not only, it wasn't like she wanted to go and be a slut. First of all, she was just like a regular old church girl. But also she was on the committee planning it. Like she was in charge of running the show, which means, you know, yay, extracurricular activities, extracurricular activities. And also she's passionate about something. That's great. Why don't you want her to come and be at church of her own accord? Why are you forcing her to do that when clearly she has other passions too and you should be encouraging her to be a leader in her community and in her school? And, yeah, and remember the line where um, she was like, but, but I'm on the committee, I have to go. And her mother said, oh, no, that's okay. You can still be on the committee. So still be on the committee to organise but not, but not actually go to the ball. Yeah, you can be a pastor's wife, <laughs> right? You don't have to be a pastor. Yeah. You know what I mean, though, like the trope of like... Oh, yeah. People actually asked me if I was studying my degree in theology yeah. so that I could be a pastor's wife. Exactly it, though. You can be on the committee still. You just can't be part of doing anything unless it's children's ministry or women's ministry. I got to preach on Mother's Day once. Oh, so, um, Proverbs 31? No, I was rebellious. Oh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever made a decision of my actual own accord in my life ever or if it's all the conditioning doing it for me. Anyways, oh. let's get back to this. No. There's a fun dark hole to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I in control of my life? Entirely. Do I like the things I like because I like them? Or do I like them because somebody told me I like them because of the social concepts that... Because I can't trust in my own heart. I have to trust in the Lord. And lean not on my own understanding. And he will make my path straight. Wow! I'm impressed! Here's a fun one, whether or not we put this in. But we had a work party for Anna and his work on Saturday. And so that's... Oh, a couple of them had met me before, but it's the first time they'd sort of met me and really sort of hung out and we had the whole night and all that sort of stuff. And apparently the story that was told about us the next day I heard was you were saying that they all said that we're really cute and super innocent, (laughs) which is fucking hilarious. Um, But I was sort of thinking on that and like, yeah, because we're trained to project that. Like our entire lives, we are, regardless of what is going on inside, what we've got going on elsewhere, we know how to project that we are pure and innocent and we do it naturally. I don't even think about it. Like, Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good point. I do that too. Um, at work all the time and you know why it works in hospitality because men love that because they're like yeah a pure innocent girl semi-attractive who's serving me yeah that's awesome (laughs) but it's like that's not true i hate everyone i tell them that and i'm pretty dirty i'm not just going to project that into the world because people treat me differently when they know what i really like Mm. and and rory is like just utterly confused at how i'm like how I can be so, like, innocent and, like, Bambi in one area and then, like, as soon as we get home. <laughs> um, not like that. But, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I know. Yeah. And not even that, but, like, talking about dark shit and just not being that image that we're so mm, careful. It's sure. a very carefully curated image that 
is the only safe thing to project because anything questionable leads to further questions, leads to dangerous territory, mm. leads to questioning your salvation. And you can't be in a position of authority or, God forbid, you're a pastor and you're projecting any hint of, oh, my God, he drinks beer? But, like, one, right? Like, that's that's okay, right? And it's, like, a midi, right? Like a, like a session <laughs> ale. So it's okay, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, what's that's so messed up. Yeah, and then that's crazy. not, you're, you're not being authentic and you can't be authentic. And... Will you be a Christian? Because what yeah. if what if a non-believer sees you and gets their own idea? Yeah. It's just like a it was such a depth, deep level of conditioning I've never really considered before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought she was a really good character. I mean, I know she had a great name. That too, but like at the beginning, yeah. Uh, at the beginning, when um, so there's the useless secretary at her parents' business, who who says out of the blue, like it's not exposition at all. Oh no, I have accidentally sent. All of that information to the rival company. Oh, law firm. So law fir- she sent all the case notes from a case to the rival law firm um, accidentally in an email. <laughs> and, out of, and out of the blue, I thought this was really interesting. Anna sat down, went, oh, no, this is what you do. And she went full on, like, computer hacking, unsent the email, used an app or software or something. And, and And then that was never, ever mentioned ever again in her character. Like... So she's good at computers, so add something like that in. But, of course, that is outside the scope of good young Christian woman that you're meant to become. Mm. But not only that, but then moments later she's at a college party with this cute boy and they're chatting about stuff and the boy's trying to, like, be all, hey, the stars, we're all made of stardust, cool, great, all right. Astronomy 101 on YouTube. And she's all, like, starry-eyed, haha, for him. And he says something about how the sun is a bunch of light years away, and she goes, what's a light year? And so this girl, so you're telling me she knows how to install a plugin that's going to retrieve a sent email with a large, you know, a large email, too, because it's got a bunch of documents on it. And, um... And she doesn't know what a light year is. So, like, I don't know, like, what is, what is, what kind of character development is that? That's not a real character. And also, if she was just doing it to be like, hi, guy, I think you're cute. Can you tell me space facts? I don't know if I like her anymore. (laughs) Can I just say one petty little comment? So... When she, um, when, okay, so the, the guy has to ask the girl to the ball or whatever, um, and then, um, give the girl a flower, right? And she wanted a red rose, but of course, apparently, because she's superficial, her boyfriend, the, well, the guy she ends up with gives her a carnation. And she gets a little bit, oh, I don't like carnations. And then later on, he throws back at her, and what's so bad about carnations? Cause carnations suck, man! <laughs> I agree with Anna. I mean, really. Yeah. And why do you always have to be grateful for a freaking carnation? Yeah. And if it's one flower, why not 
splash out and get a freaking rose. His dad was going bankrupt. Oh, okay. I'll go pick a rose from Aunt Mabel's garden. <laughs> this same kid walks around with a, with a camera filming, um, well, not filming plastic bags, but basically the same thing. Like the kid from American Beauty, what does he say? He says... Oh. Um, I like to see things other people don't see. Yeah, totally the guy from America. Like, filming the ugly things in the world because it's so beautiful. What does not only this film, but what do Christians think of non-Christians then? So clearly, apparently they think that we want our children to get pierced in dodgy shacks by a needle. Wear a lot of black. Wear a lot of black. Um, um, have to babysit random people's children. Mm, I care about material goods, like the vase, the oh. vase that the kid dropped and the mum freaks out. Yep. And then, um, so what happened is, um, the lady came to Bible study with her child, but by then the parents weren't Christians anymore and they'd forgotten to make their daughter babysit. And so the lady had to step in to Bible study with her child and the child knocked over a vase and it broke. And previous Anna's mum would have been all, oh, it's okay, it's just a valuable, it's just a material good. But post not Christian anymore, Anna's mum was all, Oh, that's okay. I'll send you the bill. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite parts of the movie was, and I forgot about this until just now, but Anna takes out a Bible and puts it on the end of the bed, kind of puts whatever. What do you put at the end of it? Like a box at the end of the bed, whatever. Of her parents' bedroom while her parents are in the bathroom. And she just leaves it there and walks away. Um, parents come out of the bathroom and kind of just stare at it like it's a dead squirrel or something in the house and the mum's like, can you get rid of that? And the dad's like, I have to brush my teeth, can you get rid of it? And she's like, I have to get dressed, you get rid of it. <laughs> it's just like the dumbest thing, like, it's just a Bible. Like, even if you're a non-Christian, it's just a book, like, and you wouldn't be so scared of it, like, if, if you were not a Christian because it doesn't hold any power over you, it's just a book. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like this hostile response to this powerful item. Yeah. There's this whole thing that she – so she wishes that her parents would lose faith and obviously we talked about how like there's this radical change that sort of come just to depict what someone without faith would be like. But I think we've all gone through experiences where we've lost faith. Have we experienced such radical changes in our morals and values ourselves or is that something that is accurate or isn't accurate? Is it a thing someone should be afraid of? For me, I was always, my morals didn't change as such as I was able to freely express them. I was always a closet little leftist. And we were talking about pretending before how we had a facade. That was very much me. Um, so for me personally, no, my morals didn't shift. I was just able to express them hmm. but that's assuming okay so when i was going through deconstruction over a period of years i remembered who i was before the journey began and during the journey and after the journey i didn't go from being christian to non-christian overnight like they did so the question is did they in the movie 
remember who they were before and then all of a sudden switch morals just because they go from A to B, you know, 180. Because mine were obviously being brought up super, um, what's the word? It starts with an R. Religious? There's another word. Repressed? Mm. Um, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the same word. Um so then for me, deconstructing was also pushing the boundaries of what I've been raised to believe was right. So I wouldn't say it was immoral or anything. It was just I was testing the waters and things that I'd been taught were completely wrong, like trying weed for the first time or whatever. But I wouldn't call that being um, like losing my morals. And I've since then like rebounded back to like, I guess I was raised one extreme, so I tried another extreme to counterbalance, and now I find myself in the center with a pretty balanced worldview and a carefully curated belief system, and I think I'm pretty moral. I kind of Actually, this year I've been working on a personal moral code. Yeah, I'm kind of a nerd, actually. I'm kind of a squid, and I follow the rules. I really do, but I feel like I'm a little more liberated than I was before, so I do say my mind now, I speak my mind now, but I don't think that's amoral. Um, and I'm not as mean as I used to be, which is weird because I was, like, super Christian <laughs> and now I'm nicer. I'm not I totally relate. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I guess for me, like, um, it's just a sense of freedom. Like, I'm... I, I'm a rule follower, have always been a rule follower, um, and I'm learning to colour outside of the lines in different ways. Um, And I feel like that sense of freedom is actually making me more moral. Mm. Um, Because you're choosing it instead of being told what to do. More ethical, I guess, um, because everything is so thought out Mm. um, and... Yeah, I yeah. guess that's that's kind of it's the freedom to yeah. actually make the choices. Yeah, like like the being nice thing before. Everyone thought I was really nice because I, I like figured out how to present that image, right? Mm. But really, Tish can tell you I was not very nice at all. And I mean, on the inside, on the like inside <laughs> the safety of the car with Tish to talk to. <laughs> now I'm like, hey, we're all people, like everyone's got their journey and like we've got to be kind to each other and be loving to each other because what's the point you know so and yeah and i find the average person hasn't really well like rory for instance i always go to him for an example because i see him a lot but he hasn't sat down and thought out a moral code like i have because this is just nerd beck and i feel like i have to have one to replace what i believed before without thinking about it so yeah i'd say i'm more moral now because like anna said I've really thought it through and and maybe I'm not like that naturally, but that is what I aspire to be at least. So. Again, I, I relate to that a lot because I think if a lot of people were to objectively look at my life in comparison to that, I would definitely be like the story of the people and the, <laughs> the parents <laughs> in the movie, like the guy who has completely lost his way. But as far as my morals and understanding and the way I like, I actually genuinely like people now, whereas before it was like I had to. Yeah. And as Anna was saying, just reconstructing really solid ethical values and boundaries around all sorts of aspects of life that are actually like, I I like your idea of building a moral code because it's essentially what you have to do. And I feel all the more genuine for it. 
And it's interesting, like you guys were saying in the movie, it's almost like the movie has a regression story. Like she's makes a wish, comes to a place of freedom and understanding and all this sort of stuff and regresses back to this Stepford Christian sort of yeah. So it's a really sad story in that yeah. sense of what it is because she doesn't grow, she regresses. A journey into repression. Yeah, it's really it's really a set like it's a horrible narrative really. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's reverse character development. And so you would almost want to supposit that the parents in that space had been given freedom to experience their lives and maybe that's just how they would have acted maybe they were always those people maybe they were that people in the car after church who would have done all the horrible things that they were presented to do but at least they were being true to themselves then yeah. uh, so is actions uh, is the right actions actually worth something if it's not done with the right heart I don't know. <laughs> oh that's interesting do you reckon that it wasn't about Anna at all but it was about them being punished for being too prideful in their place because it was all very they were outwardly too good too good maybe it was a whole spiritual journey for them yeah maybe they are the protagonists and Anna's the side character oh boom there you go we fixed the movie yeah <laughs> I'd be more excited but I stopped caring about it about three minutes ago <laughs> rocking around Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop Mistletoe hung where you can see Every couple tries to stop Rocking around the Christmas tree Let the Christmas Alright, so what is your favourite Christmas film? Oh, that's really hard. I love Christmas movies. The Holiday mm. is probably my favourite Christmas movie. Yeah. Yep. Jude Law Cries. Jack Black Dances. Jack Black Cries. <laughs> yep. Everyone cries. Yeah, because his girlfriend cheats on him. Yeah. It is a good, amazing film. Awesome soundtrack. Kate Winslet. Hangs out with an old man. It's, what's not to love about that movie? Come on. Yeah, with all the talking, all the music, all the like, don't judge your neighbours because you don't know who they are and they're not as scary as you think they are. Also, like, way to handle a crisis on your own, problem solving, <laughs> bravery, um, having to be a grown-up when you don't know how to be a grown-up, lots of stuff. Plus, you know... Your family loves you, even if they leave you. Or at least your mom does. I think his family are jerks, just saying. They are, but his mom isn't. But mm. He's downright evil as well. I mean, he could have called the cops at any point, but his yeah. rational choice was, I am going to torture these people because I can. Yeah, well, I mean, good on him. Poor Joe Pesci and the other guy, whose name I can't remember, they're going to need therapy and a lot of medical assistance by the end of that movie. So yeah. But also he's a kid. And I don't know. I just I love it. And the soundtrack is bomb. It's so good. Yeah. Ben, what's your favourite? Oh, this is hard. So we had a family tradition which we have kept largely with our kids as well. Uh, so growing up we would always watch Muppets Christmas Carol every single Christmas Eve. And I do adore that movie. It is 
beautiful, beautiful film. And they did a remake or they did a new Muppets Christmas. I've never actually watched it. I've heard it's trash. That doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so that was great. But the one I'm – we actually watched this again the other night. It's on Netflix called Klaus. Um, and yeah. that is a beautiful film. I, I absolutely adore that movie. Um, so, yeah, I think at the moment that would be my, my top Christmas film. If you say Die Hard – Oh come on! I was gonna say that, but I was actually gonna—I no, was actually gonna do a disclaimer and go. Cool Tish wants to say that Die Hard is her favorite Christmas film, but I love Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I love it so much. Um, and I still think it counts as a Christmas film. As a Christmas film. Christmas film. <laughs> I was um. Well, we were gonna watch a Halloween film. Um, me and Noel, um, and we ended up watching Beetlejuice, and someone was like, "Oh, let's do Edward Scissorhands," and I was very adamant that is a Christmas film, and we were watching it on Christmas. Okay, so Ben, um, we've started a new. I, I don't even know why I'm saying we started a new. We've been doing this for the past few episodes, so it's a segment um, in our podcast where we um, say what we wish would please not stop things that have been good during the week, things that we've liked. And I know this is sort of probably counterintuitive to everything we've sort of said, but um, the thing that jumped to mind then was just like Christmas carol events and all that sort of stuff. And I know that they're run by churches and they usually have like a, uh, a whole flair to them and all that sort of stuff. And sure, I could do without that. But I think if they weren't doing those, a lot of communities wouldn't have that time and that space to actually sit somewhere and actually just bond together as a community and all that sort of stuff. So um, to all the Christian churches out there doing – we're trying their best to do a good job at just good community carols. Please don't stop. Please don't stop playing Christmas carols in the shopping centres. I know 80% of people hate it, but I actually love it. Yes, I am. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because we don't go to church anymore. Please don't stop mm, Christmas episodes of TV shows. Mm. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah. Because yeah. they always end well. No matter how dark the TV shows. So, yeah. Something that I wish wouldn't stop but already has and I will mourn it forever is the Killers used to release a Christmas song every year and they were the best YouTube Don't Shoot Me Santa. It's the best. I love it so much. But it stopped and I'm sad. Mm. Yeah. Just bands in general doing Christmas albums. Ah, I love it. It's so great. I've said it before. I will say it again. Hanson's Christmas album, Snowden, is the best Christmas album Just of all time. Nah, nah. Bare Naked Ladies' Christmas album Oh, is my the sister, bomb. Tara Cedar, if you're out there, she would love you. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite Christmas carol? Um, we Three Kings. Ooh, that's, yeah. Solid. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, this is a hard one. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't deconstructed Christmas Enough carols to, be okay to with know. It. Yeah. Yeah, I just haven't made made that backwards. Rocking around the Christmas tree was always rocking. Yeah. I was I always <laughs> like that one. I'll be safe and go with that. Mm. And that's Home Alone was the first time yeah. I ever heard that. With the Yeah. Rocking around. Yeah. Yeah. I like Oh Holy Night. Yeah. I don't know. It's still it gives it's me beautiful. Is that the O4 on 
on your knees one? Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's oh. – See, I was going to say that one, but I was like, I just don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Yeah, I know. I, I get that, like deconstructing belief or what do you believe. But even still, there's that one line in it, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth, mm. that like gives me chills even even now, like whether – like having deconstructed and reconstructed and just not knowing why, but it just gives me chills. Yeah. I think that stuff's beautiful because like I always have this tension that there's a lot about my Christian faith that I really loved and Mm -hmm. I think is actually still really healthy. There's a lot that was obviously damaging, but I think there's stuff like that and there's little values and especially in some of those Christmas songs, just great little lyrics that, actually have really great morals to them. And they capture something in the Yeah. Lyrics, so there's yeah. there's something in Rare. that. So I, I did singing lessons for a lot of years and I had a singing teacher and she was great, like the most fictional, out there eccentric character you would ever meet. I love I love you, Mrs. Noddle. Anyway, but she was obsessive every year for Christmas for doing Australian Christmas songs. Oh yes. I God love her. Like I I know, I understand, but like six white boomers will never oh, no, white boomers. Actually I might take back like Rick Colin Buchanan and, and, and Alan whatever his name is, Rick, and their Merry Christmas Merry Australian Christmas album is the freaking oh, bomb. Yeah. Man. I will check There's it out. so much good yeah. stuff on Australian that. Australian run. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, should we wrap things up like a Christmas gift. Nice. Suck my life. Help some ribbon. So if any of you um, have any comments to make, please show it on Facebook. What's your favourite Christmas film and what's the worst Christmas film? And if the answer is not love actually, you are wrong. I just wanted to throw that in. I was waiting. I can't believe it hasn't come up before now. I do. What, how much we hate love actually? Yeah. Mm. Don't start me on Alan Rickman's character. But Liam Neeson, he's the best part. He yeah. redeems everything. He, he does. Okay, um, that's great. Thank you for joining us, Ben. Thank you. And um, people, do take a look at Finding the Line. It's Ben and Nathan's mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, we actually have an episode coming out about well, in the next week or so, which we touch on the whole Pure Flix and Sweet. Christian mu- uh, movie industry as well, so it lines up well with this. Excellent. Yeah. By the way, the movie A Wish for Christmas by Hallmark is available. Well, it says Hallmark, but... It's a pure flicks movie. Is available on YouTube if you want to watch it. Uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this season. Um, thank you for hanging in there with us. We've had a couple of small breaks, but we'll be going on um, a bit of a hiatus now until next year. So, um, again, thank you for your support mm-hmm. and have a wonderful Christmas season. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Don't shoot me, Sam.